Coming to you from the Center for Social Confidence in Portland, Oregon. Welcome to Shrink for the Shy Guy. Helping men everywhere go from social anxiety to social domination. With your host, Dr. Aziz. Hey, welcome to this episode of Shrink for the Shy Guy. I'm Dr. Aziz, and I'm excited about this episode because this is the first time that we, that's right, you and I, are going to take a deeper look at you and your relationships, your intimate relationships, your relationships with the fairer sex. That's right, you and women. And that's a big area when it comes to shyness and social anxiety. That's one of the major things that trips guys up. And that's one of the major areas that is a source of pain. And even people who've progressed beyond basic social skills and social confidence, you might feel like you have a general sense that you can talk to people, that you can feel comfortable in yourself, that maybe you have gotten past the fear that everyone's going to reject you. And you have some belief that people could like you and that you have had positive experiences with friendships and maybe even with women. But when it comes to feeling attractive, to getting the responses that you want, to feeling like you are desired and pursued and that women want to date you, that can be an area that is very difficult to feel a sense of mastery or even competence in. And the result is a continual um, drain on our self-esteem, a sense of, uh, I'm not quite good enough. I should be better. If only I had more of this or I was able to attract different women or hotter women or more women, then, then I would be worthwhile. Or maybe it's, you know, focused on one particular woman. Like if I could get her attention and she could find me attractive and want to date me, then I would feel worthwhile. And there's a lot of stuff embedded in this. And this is the first episode we're turning towards it, but this is by all, not any means the last time we're going to look at it. It's just the beginning here. And as I said, in the last episode, we're going to be finishing up the interview with Josh. We're going to be looking at his experiences with dating and relationships. And so this is just the beginning. We're just priming the pump and getting you to start looking at this area and thinking about this area. Because as you know, and as we talked about in previous episodes, one of the most frequent ways that we deal with stuff that's uncomfortable is we avoid it. We say, uh, I don't really want to look at that now. I'll do that later. And so this is going to be a little bit of a forced exposure to look at this area. And I want you to just reflect on your own experiences as you listen to the interview with Josh and as I uh, share a story, which I'm going to share in a minute. But before I get into that story, uh, we're going to take a moment to do our new segment, which is... And now it's time to Ask the Shrink. So we're going to get back into my interview with Josh in just a moment. But before we do, I, uh, I get emails uh, fairly regularly from people who come across the website or read my ebook or just however they find me through the interwebs. And they want to ask me a question. And it's because there's people from all over the world. And there's uh, sometimes these questions are really simple and sometimes they're pretty elaborate. And I, you know, sit down and think about what I want to say and I send it back in an email. But I think that some of these would be really good to share. And in fact, if you have a question that you'd like to ask me, go ahead and email it to me at draziz at socialconfidencecenter.com. And you can find that link on uh, our podcast website, which is shrinkfortheshyguy.com. But here's a question that I got from a fellow named Narty. And he said, hey, doctor. And I'm going to read exact words of his question. He says, hey, doctor, I want to quit with a lady who loves me, but I don't know how to do it. I want to know how to quit with her 
without telling her. But I want the relationship to just fade out. Nardi. So, <laughs> the reason I picked this is because, as I said, this is the first episode we're going to start turning towards dating and relationships. And there's so many aspects of this stuff that I'm really excited about really getting into this over the next few weeks and months. But one of them is how we are in relationship. And that goes from the very beginning in terms of how we carry ourselves, how we start interactions, um, how we uh, share ourselves with another person, uh, how we have boundaries or ask for what we want or just you know be assertive. And then at the same time, it also includes when we don't like something, how to end a relationship, how to speak up for what we want and really take care of ourselves, which might sometimes be breaking up with someone. And so I really identify with Nari's desire for the relationship fade out, as I call it. And I, I would be lying if I said that I never did the relationship fade out. I've done several of those. It's sort of just the not returning a call or not really pursuing much and then just letting it fade out. And it, it sort of works in the short term. It's like an immediate gratification thing. Like you get a, a brief hit of relief of like, oh, thank God I don't have to deal with that. Like when you have to write a paper or something and then you say, you know what? I'll just work on it on the weekend. And then you get that immediate hit of relief. But then what happens? Well, whether it's a paper or the person that you're trying to break up with, it just kind of starts simmering there because you haven't really dealt with it. And the problem is it doesn't just dissolve. It actually produces a low level of tension inside of us. And so what I strongly believe and encourage guys to do and what I'd encourage Nardi to do is to be direct. I think being direct is always better in the long run. Now, this doesn't mean you have to tell her you know, each and everything that you don't like about her or you know, list her flaws or something like that. You don't need to be brutally honest in that way. I do think that letting her know directly that you don't want to go further with your dating relationship is a must. Now, there's a lot of unknowns here. We don't know how long uh, Nardi's been dating this woman, how serious it is. I think the advice shifts a little bit if you've been in a multi-year relationship or you're living together or something like that. But the way he phrased it, I'm just going to assume that this is someone that you've gone on a handful of dates with, that you're not living with, that it's not that serious, and you're realizing that you're, you know, you're just not that into her. And there's nothing worse than the uncomfortable, I'll just keep doing this because I don't want to hurt your feelings, and I don't want to feel like I'm a bad guy, and I don't want you to get mad at me, so I'll just endure this. You know, I had uh, one client I was working with who said that he stayed in a relationship for two years. It was a four-year relationship. And he said he stayed in it for two years at the end. And the whole time he knew that he didn't really want to be with her and he eventually would break up with her. But he was just too uncomfortable and scared about how she would react and how he'd feel. And so he just didn't do it. And of course, he suffered a lot. He was kind of depressed most of the time. So I think it's incredibly important to be direct and clear. And it's really kind of like pulling off a Band-Aid. You know, it's not comfortable, but you just got to do it directly and clearly. And there's so many different ways. And I don't want to, you know, you don't have to read a script or something like that. But just to give a few examples of assertively ending a relationship, you could say, you know, I I highly recommend the face to face as the, the 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 best option. If it's a little more of a newer relationship and you haven't spent that much time together, I'd say over the phone could also work. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the email breakup I, or the text breakup. I think it's kind of lame. It's a little bit. Um, cowardly. Got to have a little balls. Look her in the face, you know, at least talk to her over the phone and just say, 
you know, hey, I've been thinking a lot about this, but this isn't quite working for me. Or I really appreciate you and, I, and I've enjoyed spending time with you and I've decided that I don't, I don't think we should date anymore. You know, something like that. And those aren't the exact scripts that you should use, but they're just to give you an idea about how you can be direct. You're not going to crush her. You're not going to destroy her and that you can just be clear in that way. And I think that the key other piece that I have advice that I would give Nardi and I give to any guy is that we have to be congruent in this. We have to be congruent with what we say and then what we do. So often I see a guy will break up with a woman, say, I'm not that into her, you know, and, and be direct. But then, yeah, we'll hang out again. Or let's just hang out as friends. Or, you know, why don't you just come over and spend the night? We'll just be friends with benefits. And man, I find those experiences to be fraught with peril. Um, even if you agree on it and she says, yeah, it's fine. You might be opening yourself up to a world of hurt where, you know, it's friends with benefits, but then all of a sudden you find that she's getting upset about something and you say, well, wait a minute, you can't get upset about that because we're just friends with benefits. And our emotions don't work that way. And I don't think anyone's emotions work that way, but especially for a woman that's connecting with you through sex, it's kind of a, it's kind of confusing if you say we're broken up, but then you still act like you're dating. So I would say really be congruent and the relationship and, you know, respect her by having that boundary and, and moving on. Eventually, if you want to reconnect as friends down the road, that might be a possibility. But I really say be congruent and fully end that relationship. So let's jump into our interview with Josh. Expert interview. And I think this one is particularly exciting because we're going to get way deeper into dating relationships. You can reflect on your own experiences, whether it's with online dating or your authenticity. We get into how to be authentic and vulnerable in dating and connections. And Josh has got some great philosophies on that. So this is this one is, is there's a lot of meat here in this interview. So we're going to jump into that in just a moment. We're going to take a brief break and then come back with the interview. So stay tuned. Hey, what's up, J-Dog? Hey, what's up, Wizzy? Nothing. Did you spill coffee on your shirt? <laughs> no. Well, then what happened? Check. I was at this coffee shop earlier, just doing my thing, and then this girl walked in, and damn, man, she was fine. So I was just looking at her, and she saw me, and I was like, sup, and not, not with my... Not with my mouth. I didn't say it, but I said it with my face, you know? Yeah. Then she walks right by me, and man, it is on. And I said, sup, girl, where are you going? And she turned around, man, and then she looked at me, and then she threw her coffee on my face, dude. Damn! I know. She couldn't handle it, man. I think she was intimidated by me or something. No doubt, man. She wants you. At least he tried. If you're tired of not trying or getting rejected, go to 30daystodatingmastery.com to learn how you can succeed with women. That's the number 30daystodatingmastery.com. Welcome back. We'll just jump right back in to our interview. I know that recently you have been using an online dating site. Is it OkCupid? Is that the one you're using? Yeah, I use uh, OkCupid to, to uh, attract women. Okay, yeah, that's, that's a fascinating topic because I think there's a lot of guys who are, are shy and um, 
their their hope is that well I will uh, avoid having to approach women by you know going online and meeting them that way and uh, I see pros and cons to that uh, pro is that maybe you'll have a lot more interactions with women the con is that there's certain fears that are going to rear their ugly head yet again and a co- very common experience I hear is that guys who are really uh, shy or uncomfortable to approach a woman in real life go online and then don't have much success. They don't get responses. They, they don't really find a lot of opportunities. And so that was a, an idea that I had about online dating until I started hearing your stories. And it sounds like you uh, don't seem to have a whole lot of problems meeting women online. And it seems like you're going on dates fairly frequent, frequently. Yeah. Um, so what's your, what's your strategy there? How does that work? Well, the strategy is it's, it's fairly straightforward. Um, I, I wrote a profile that was a little brief and a pretty authentic picture of where, um, where I'm at. And I, I get a lot of positive feedback, even from women that actually uh, either don't respond, like don't end up going on a date with me um, that I've messaged, or, um, or, or women that actually like what they read. But um, just having a, an authentic picture of yourself and where you're at, because people are, are used to reading the same profile written a thousand different ways over and over again in online dates, and everyone is laid back and um, fun and uh, open-minded and, uh, you know, funny, and I'm trying to think of, like, the most common things that I, I see on there. Um, but, but people infrequently speak to their a little bit of vulnerability or maybe a little bit of transparency on the, you know, their actual experience in life and, and, and what they're looking for in a person. Yeah, so what, what I'm hearing what you're saying is that uh, people are presenting uh, a very uh, common picture, which might be a, a side of themselves that they think is going to be attractive, and uh, they might have those traits, but at the same time, it doesn't ring as true. It's not as authentic and not as revealing as as to who they really are. And somehow you are conveying that in your profile. But it sounds like by by being different, by being authentic. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, just knowing who you are and what you're looking for. And I'm I'm, I'm pretty uh, obvious about my intentions online. You know, OkCupid and many sites have these where you get to answer questions about um, kind of your disposition in the world and what you're looking for and and your kind of your politics and your your, your sociology around um, around romantic relationships, and uh, that's all important. The, the the things that I think people, and this is going to sound cliche, but I think the things that people find attractive are not like your job and your income level and your height, which um, you know everybody looks at, but it's kind of understood that it's not going to be 100% accurate all the time. Um, the things that I think people fall in love with are are your idiosyncrasies or your um, maybe your flaws, the things that your 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 shortcomings, you know, in a way, like, you know, you get short you know, you get you get short tempered in traffic, so you, you don't drive a car or you uh, you don't like this type of food, so you know, you always call ahead or, or whatever. The things that make you a little bit more fleshed out and a little bit more human are the things that people really appreciate um, in online dating. I'm just talking about uh, how I write a profile here, but there's a lot to uh, a lot to online dating. Yeah, and I think that is uh, so good for people to hear that not only do you believe that and do that, but you're actually having a lot of success living that is because one of the most common uh, ways of dealing with a sense of uh, shame or not being good enough, and that, that's you know the kind of the root of social anxiety, is to try to hide our flaws and hide our uh, idiosyncrasies or anything that we think might be unattractive. 
And uh, what, what the result is, is uh, we don't present a full version of ourselves. And uh, I know I spent many years working not only to hide my flaws, but then also actively trying to eradicate them, trying to become a better, awesome person. And, I, and there's nothing wrong with personal development. I think it's an amazing uh, pursuit. But if it's in the service of, I really don't like myself, and if I really just change, then I'll be, then I'll be okay. And, uh, and I remember I had a teacher, uh, David Burns, who taught me a lot about you know, cognitive therapy and everything. And, and several times he told me, he said, uh, you think that people are going to love you for your achievement and, and amazingness, but th- they might admire you for that. They might be drawn to you in some way, but they're not really going to love you because they're, you're not human, you're not complete. And in fact, you might find that people actually subtly resent you or feel insecure around you and want to bring you down a notch and that they're not really going to love, with, love you until they can bond with you by saying, oh, this guy's like me. He, he has flaws too. And ever since I really got that, it took me a couple years, um, I started to include that. Any, any video I do, anything I write, I reveal uh, my own weaknesses. And it's amazing how positively people respond to that. So it really dispels this idea. And I'm really glad that you're uh, sharing that that actually has an effect and helps you get women because, hey, uh, not a lot motivates guys more, single guys, than the idea that they could uh, potentially date more women as a result of being authentic. I mean, that's a great message. Yeah, it is. And it's um, it, like, you know, being somebody who used to struggle with their, their personal their self-perception, you know, uh, these kind of highlight that I come from humble beginnings. And I would, I would always distance myself. You know, I would, you know, when it comes to related people, I would say, yeah, you know, they might be nice, but, you know, they don't. Uh, they don't know what it's like to be me. They they haven't suffered, so uh, they, they're not their their story or their te- their ideas aren't going to resonate with me. But if you can if you can reveal some of your some of your struggle, um, you humanize yourself so quickly in the eyes of uh, not only who you're trying to reach, you know, professionally, but uh, personally. Like uh, women um, that I've, I've talked to are really attracted to, and also um, kind of disarmed by uh, a level of of honesty about your, about my, uh, my personal uh, struggles and, and things that I've, I've dealt with. But the more vulnerable you get, the more you can, I think, enhance the other party, the other, the, the woman's sense of safety. And you can have a very, you can go, you know, to very intimate places uh, very quickly in, in that, in that fashion. Yeah. And, and I think that that uh, paves the way, you know, whatever level of connection you want with a woman, whether it's you're wanting someone to spend time with every other week and it's mostly a physical connection or, um, you know, a more deep intimacy in a, in a relationship with a girlfriend, w- whatever direction, I feel like the, uh, using that vulnerability and being, uh, revealing what you, what you want and who you are really, uh, can set the stage for a lot better and healthier of a connection. And I think that's where some of the, um, you know, pickup artist field, which has provided a lot of really useful information fall short because there's a, in many ways that can lack a level of vulnerability and authenticity that I think you're describing and, and that it really works for you. And I think that uh, is a good sign and hopefully a inspiration to some of the guys listening. Uh, I hope so. I, uh, I've definitely only really had a, uh, a dating life because of online dating. I wrote myself up. I'm kind of a workaholic. I'm in a career phase in my life, and I've been um, kind of neglecting, developing strong, intimate relationships. I know that uh, I'm probably one of my few friends that isn't um, looking to get tied down in the next year or so. 
But uh, because of my, you know, because of OkCupid, basically, and just asking for what I want and, and sharing what I was ready to give and what I had to offer, I, I was able to uh, meet some very great people. And some of them turned into great relationships and some of them didn't. But really, uh, I think that every every guy should try it. If you want to try it, you can get out of your comfort zone a little and, and, and be who you are. Uh, that is a great message just in its simplicity. And that, that sounds like something that you might read in a, uh, a book of wisdom, which reminds me that I wanted to address that you, probably more than anyone that I know, read voraciously uh, books, information, articles, uh, ways to learn about, from a wide range of fields, including your specialty, which is physical health and the body, but then also mental health, spiritual health. You're just always taking in information. And I'm wondering, uh, what is your philosophy around that? Why, why do you read so much? Um, that's a, well, that's a great, that's a great point. I, I'm addicted at this point. Um, I think that the reward for me in reading is overcoming obstacles. Um, and I, I just, you know, I distill information and I'm trying to figure out, I know when I, I started this journey, um, when I really started reading, you know, personal development, spiritual stuff, kind of mindset books is what, well, what I call them. I was just looking to, to get a better map of the world uh, that served me better and, and to, to be able to better deal with problems that I was confronted with. I had a very toxic script, the way I was a very angry youth. Um, and even in the Army, although I, I know it out a little bit, the Army is not exactly a place you mellow out. And um, I, I, I just kind of had a, a fierce axe to grind, and it, it didn't serve me well in a lot of my personal relationships and, and, and really in any avenue in my life. It definitely kind of infected everything I did. So I was trying to just adjust my point of view and learn and, and about new ways to see things and deal with things. And the, the messages that I got were so um, profound and so helpful. It was like a glass of water to a thirsty soul. And I just got kind of addicted to uh, kind of refining my own you know, mind and body. And now I usually read about specific things that I'm, that I'm interested in. But uh, I, if you didn't know as much as I didn't know, then you really couldn't have, uh, have gone a day without learning something. <laughs> yes, I, it's, it's difficult because I am such a scholar that it's hard to find something that I haven't read at this point. Or don't know, for that matter. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but what, what I think is, is in, in what you're saying, is what I would describe as a love of learning, which is you know, a, a strength in, from a strength-based psychology standpoint. One of the lists in, in the strengths is a love of learning. What that does is that motivates someone to seek out information to help themselves in their lives. And it's something that I discovered, uh, just like you, uh, by you know, having a problem I was facing. And I remember I, the first kind of uh, self-development thing I, I came across was something called voice therapy. I was probably about 21. And it was the idea that every thought that you think isn't necessarily absolutely true. And that sometimes you think thoughts that are downright uh, out there and false, and you can actually challenge them and come up with better thoughts that support you. And it was you know, mind-blowing. And I just progressed from there. And, and at every stage in my life, if there was something I was struggling with, I would read about it or listen to seminars or workshops or other things. And, you know, from books like Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, up through, um, you know, the most uh, recent books I've read about actually becoming a father because I have a, a little son coming in the next five or six months. And so anytime there's a stage of like, I don't know what the hell's going on. I got to learn. And you can find books or other sources of information, audio, 
read it and listen to it and apply it. And it greatly helps you. It's one of those things that uh, I marvel that more people don't take advantage of it in the way that I think you do, Josh. And uh, I think it, it really uh, reflects not only the strength in you, but also has helped you achieve what you have in, in your life and kind of propels you forward. Hey, man, I totally appreciate that. Did you, have you read um, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning? You know, no. I, I sad to say not. It must be one of the one books I haven't read. But uh, <laughs> it, yes, it's, it's referenced by so many people, and it, and, and it sounds like it's a pretty powerful read. Would you, would you recommend that? Yeah, I would, I would recommend that. Um, uh, I just finished it a, about a week ago, and it's very easy read. It's very short to distill it. You know, I, I, got, like a few, I got a page of notes that basically sums up the book. There's so much truth. Uh, Victor Frankl is a, a huge optimist, and one of the things we were talking about earlier is, um, you know, uh, you know your flaws and and in uh, um, kind of your your pain um, and, and hiding them, so to speak. And one of the things that Victor Frankl states is that your uh, your character and your your strength of character is revealed, but it's inspiring to people how you handle uh, unavoidable suffering and kind of. The kind of mentality and approach you take to taking something that's very painful that you can't get away from and, and the, the grace in which you handle that is is what attracts and inspires people um, to you from an external standpoint. And also, if you think about that internally, how you handle your, your pain and how you persevere is very attractive from your own perspective. If you look in the mirror and think about the times that you suffered, that you, you can easily be drawn to your, your own personality and your own, um, your own strength if you, if you just reference your... Your, the things that you've been through and overcome. Absolutely, which is something that I, I think, uh, unfortunately, most people don't do, especially most guys, is is really take the time to reflect on things they've done well, whether it's uh, an actual outward achievement that society says is worthwhile, or, as you're saying, really looking at something that you've been struggling with and, and saying, wow, I'm handling this well. I, I'm managing in my life in spite of these uh, the suffering or this challenge, and, and drawing a sense of self-esteem and, and self-worth from who we are in the world is uh, a lost art. And I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think it can remind guys who are listening that you can build your self-esteem simply by noticing ways in which you handle things well and regularly calling your attention to that. Boom. And there's one other thing I wanted to uh, I wanted to ask you actually is uh, how do you see you know a lot of the people um, that that uh, I work with. We don't get a whole lot into the physical realm. You know, I, I, I like the idea of doing it, but I still have yet found ways to integrate it. I mean, maybe I'll have people move and use their bodies in session, but I, I think on a deeper level, there's a much stronger link between how someone feels in their body, how they look, uh, the health and vitality they have, and their level of confidence, their ability to go pursue what scares them. You know, there's a certain energy that's required for that. and it's going to be a broad question, but, you know, just uh, speak to it however you would like. But how do you see the relationship between someone's physical body and health and their ability to be socially confident in themselves? Uh, well, I, I think that uh, the mind and body are one. So your doubts and fears have a physical body. They have a physical counterpart of, of some sort inside you. The, the way that you feel about yourself is going to be reflected to some degree in, you know, uh, some degree physically, and it's a great way to enhance confidence is to progress through your own body through any, you know, any movement. I think yoga is a great practice. Uh, I like strength training because it's fun. It's it's um, it's very direct. You can see direct results. You see the weight go up. You can see 
um, somebody who couldn't do a push-up before, do a perfect push-up now. Um, but anytime you just take your body through a progression uh, at all and, and see how it changes and adapts and, and reveals kind of its ability to be strong, that changes the way that you feel about yourself and it, and it, and it enhances your, your kind of self-perspective. And that, that is also has a physical component. Just like, you know, fear has a physical component, so does confidence and so does courage. And when you uh, just use your body and, and take it through a progression, and I, I need to have a video on this because uh, you know, I've been in, this, in the fitness business for a long time, and I'm just amazed at how quickly people can, who've never set foot in the gym and who have no you know, upper body strength, how they can, just through the right amount of stress, and, you know, three or four weeks can do, you know, push-ups on the floor, clapping push-ups, you know, push-ups on the box. And um, I'm really impressed. I'm also just marveling at how simple and elegant the body is and how it, how it, how it does what you ask it to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like the idea of, of progressing in something. And I think, you know, uh, a lot of what provides social confidence and its root is, is a sense of self-esteem, of, of valuing yourself. And I think nothing builds that like investing ourselves in something and then seeing uh, that we can do it, that we can progress, even if we're not going to become a bodybuilder or something extreme, just saying, wow, I can commit to something, I can show up, I can use my body in this way, and it can really add a sense of, uh, of self-esteem to our, you know, our general well-being. Um, and so I think that what you're, you're also describing is about the, the, the awareness of where the emotions are in the body is is a is a huge topic as well, and that's it's worth noting. But I don't think we have time to get into that because we're running a little low on time now. Um, but I want to say um, that if people are interested in, obviously, if they're in the Portland area, they can they can come see you in person. But perhaps people who are in different regions, perhaps even different regions of the world, is there anything that you offer uh, that people can learn more about? your ideas on, on health and anything else through the, the, a website or something along those lines? Absolutely. Uh, I've got an ebook that you can download for free at pdxtraining.com. Um, and you can also email me, josh at pdxtraining.com, and I will give you my read list or uh, my, my favorite um, go-to resources for any sort of uh, body experience. That, that is great. That, uh, that read list is probably... Uh, Maybe uh, 17, 18 pages by now, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's more of a library. I should just have a membership. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's great, man. Well, thank you for taking the time to share some of your experience and, um, and, and your ideas. And I think it's going to be incredibly beneficial for if people just take one of these ideas and apply it with consistency. I think it can uh, be life transforming. So I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your ideas, Josh. Thank you. Hey, uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Ah, there she is, sitting across the way in her white blouse, fabric flowing in the gentle breeze, undulating, slowly, gracefully. Her almond, lightly tanned skin looks so soft, so pleasing to the touch. Our woman like this only comes along once in a lifetime. Wait, what's this? She's looking over this way. Good God, she's looking at you, man. Look back. Don't you look away. Stay strong. She's smiling at you. Good. Smile back. Try to look normal. Why is she looking at you? Is she interested in you? 
but how could that be? She is a goddess. What could she possibly want with a man such as me? This seems like a sign. She must be beckoning me in her subtle feminine way. I must respond. But how? If only I knew what to do. Terrified to go talk with her? Master your confidence with women in Dr. Aziz's new dating program. Go to 30daystodatingmastery.com to learn more. So that puts us to about the end of our time, but we can't end the episode without your action step. Time for action! All right. If that, if that song doesn't make you pumped, I don't, I don't know what would. This is, this is going to make you take action. But today's action is actually going to be another reflection or internal action. You know, later on, we're going to get into some actions that are external missions in the world, things to do. But today's action is going to be to look inwards. Because as we have reflected on this episode, and if you listen to Josh talking about this or me talking about it before the interview, about dating and relationships. And you can't listen to this episode and not reflect on yourself. So my action step for you is to become very aware of what happens in this area of dating relationships in your daily life. Do you tend to ignore it? Do you tend to kind of close off to it? Like, I don't want to think about that. You know, forget that. I'm not open to that. I don't, I don't even want to go there. I don't even care. Or do you tend to kind of go into it and beat yourself up? Like, oh God, I'm so pathetic. I should have a girlfriend. Oh, I should have talked to her. Oh, everyone else has a girlfriend, but I don't. And you kind of have this uh, inadequacy story of not being enough and, and kind of getting down and critical on yourself. Or perhaps your way of dealing with it in the background is kind of anxiety. Oh, what if I'm never going to find someone? I'm never going to figure this out. I can't do this. So whatever it is for you, and it could be something I didn't mention. Those are just some of the most common ones that I've seen in myself and the guys that I've worked with. But just think about that. How do I deal with this area? And what, would it, what does it feel like to really turn towards it? What does it stir up in me to do that? And next week, we're going to get more deeply into dating and relationships. We're going to start talking about some of the major hangups that we have in dating relationships, where they come from, and how to start breaking free of those. So stay tuned for that. And until we speak again, may you have the courage to be who you are. Thanks for listening to Shrink for the Shy Guy with Dr. Aziz. If you know anyone who can benefit from what you've just heard, please let them know and send them a link to shrinkfortheshyguy.com. For free blogs, ebooks, and training videos related to overcoming shyness and increasing confidence, go to socialconfidencecenter.com.